You know, whoever you are, wherever you go, whatever you do, it's time for you to shine. Why don't you greet someone before you take your seat? Say hi to someone. Amen. Good to see you here. When uh, I was asked to, to speak at the 2.30 this Sunday, the moment that Colin said, oh, would you uh, speak at the 2.30? And I said, yes. I immediately got something in my heart. I heard in my heart something. It said, it's time to shine. And uh, as I went to the, amen, yeah, you've got it. You're ready. And I, I felt this must be something prophetic to minister to you that are here today at the 2.30. It's time to shine. Please turn in your Bibles, and if you do have your Bibles, uh, open them right now, or your iPads, or however way you do it. If you don't, haven't brought yours, don't worry, I'm going to read it anyway. But it's good to look at it if you've got it there. Philippians chapter 2, and I'm going to be reading from verse 12. Philippians 2, verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God, without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I might be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. There we are, to shine as lights in the world. It's time to shine. You know, the backdrop of this phrase where Paul was encouraging the Philippians and telling them that it was time to shine in a crooked and perverse generation is if, if you look further back in Philippians chapter 2, I won't read it, but I'll just give you a context here. We see the incredible example of Jesus, how he was sent by the Father into the earth to shine the Father's glory to all mankind, to shine. And Jesus, the eternal word of God, he didn't stay in heaven, he could have stayed in heaven, but he came down to earth to witness to his Father, to show us the Father. Before him, John the Baptist was sent. I'll come back to him at the end of the sermon. And John the Baptist was said of him that he was a burning and shining lamp, and you were willing for a while to... Uh, abide in his life. John was a lamp, a lamp of witness to the coming Jesus. But when Jesus came to the earth, what did he say about himself? Did he say he was the lamp of the world? No, he said he was the light of the world. I am the light of the world, bringing the truth and revelation of God to all those that had open hearts and open minds. Well, in Philippians chapter 2, we see that Jesus humbled himself he was obedient to his father's command and he came to earth not as a, a, a ruling Gentile type lord, but 
he came as a Jewish Messiah servant, humbled himself. And because he humbled himself to witness to his father, in due time, God exalted him and gave him the name that is above every other name. And Paul was saying that as Christians, as we go into this world and it's time to shine, Jesus is our great example of what it means to shine in darkness. In fact, if we uh, look at chapter 2, verse 3, before we have this wonderful example of Jesus, Paul says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Verse 14 of chapter 2, do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent. You know, these words, blameless and innocent, or blameless and pure, this is the light that God wants to shine. He wants us to be blameless and innocent in a crooked and twisted generation. And this word innocent, this word pure, is a wonderful word. In fact, it's the same word that Jesus used in Matthew 10, verse 16, when he said that we should go into the world and we should be as wise as serpents, but we should be as innocent or gentle as doves. That's right. This word pure means undiluted. It's like a metal that's containing no alloy that weakens it. It's unmixed. It's pure. One of the things we'll see about being a shining light in this generation is that we need to come out of the world in order to be effective in the world. The Bible says that we're to come out of Babylon so that we can show a different way of living, a different way of being. And that Christians, we, we are counter-revolutionary. Do you know that? Oh, we're revolutionary. Uh, we're not there to blend in. I remember when I was first a Christian, I met a number of Christians, and uh, I didn't even know they were Christians till I became a Christian. This was at university. And they used to blend in. They used to say to, to non-Christians, oh, I'm just like you. And they acted just like them. And in the end, I thought, well, why would they even want to become a Christian when you're just like them in everything that you do. You spend your whole time saying, I'm just like you, I'm just like you. But the people that spoke into my life and brought me to the Lord at university, they weren't anything like me at all. They, they were different in their attitudes. They were different in their lifestyles. They were different in their faith. They were different in their reactions to situations. And that difference was something that I wanted in my life. Pure innocent, children of God. That's what it means. What, it mean, what does it mean to be a child of God? It means to be like him, like father, like son. You could say that of Jesus, just like his father. Well, now, by faith, we're all children of the father if we believe in Jesus. And he wants to say that about you. He wants to say, like father, like daughter, like father, like son. He wants to shine through us in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. How many of you have just about recognized that this world is both crooked and twisted? You only have to look what's in the news and how people take things that we value. Christian marriage, for example. Family life. Uh, kindness, goodness. 
and how the world can take these things and twist them and cause them to be crooked beyond all recognition. Well, God wants some straight people to be in the world, some people that aren't crooked and twisted by what society says is the way to go, that have their lines, lives lined up with the spirit and the world. So when we're thinking about shining for Christ, it makes me remember Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14. You are the light of the world. Isn't that interesting? Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Now he says, you are the light of the world. Matthew 5, 14, a city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all that are in the home. This is who we are, whether you feel it or not, whether you're experiencing it or not, you are a light, and it's time for you to shine. There are people that are reliant on us to make sure that our light is not hidden, but displayed. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, turn to it with me, speaks about the glory of God shining in us and through us. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And verse 6, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone into our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure, what treasure? This light, in jars of clay, to show that the surpassing power belongs to God, not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Let this light shine out of darkness and into our hearts. Those of you that know the Lord, do you remember the first time when you began to see Jesus as he really was? Do you remember before you came to faith? Many of us, when we thought about Jesus... When we thought about the church, we thought it was some sort of bunch of religious hypocrites. Maybe we thought the Bible was just a, a pack of, of myths, even though we'd never sought to check its claims. We just assumed that it must be mythical. And then something began to happen in our lives. To some of us, it was very quick. To some of us, it was over quite a long period of time. But something began to be illuminated on the inside. It was like our eyes began to be opened to see things that we'd not seen before Jesus was revealed to us. The Bible says that the devil has blinded the hearts of the unbeliever. And our hearts were blinded, but God didn't leave us in our blindness 
But sooner or later, he began to shine by the Holy Spirit into our hearts. And we began to see what we'd never seen before, that Jesus is who he said he is. He is the Savior and Lord of the universe. Well, here is a picture. Let light shine out of darkness. Now, we heard Colin speak at the uh, offering about the fact that we have a new way, a new path, and, and, and we're looking at 2 Corinthians, and we're not going to spend time there, but if we were to go back to 2 Corinthians 3, there is a comparison between the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, and its glory, and the New Testament, and its glory. And there's a comparison. It uses pictures. It reminds us of when Abraham, having received the law, came down from Mount Sinai, to speak to the millions of people that had been delivered from Egypt. And when he'd been in the presence of God, something miraculous took place. His face shone. His face shone so brightly, it was like a hundred football floodlights. So much glory was reflected on his face that it was too much for the millions of people that were there. They said, stop shining, Moses. It's too much for us. You shine too brightly. It's all there, 2 Corinthians 3. What did he do? He took a thick veil and he put it over his face to veil the shining glory that was reflected on his face. I mean, you say, well, did the glory come from Moses? No, it was reflected glory. Just like sometimes when you see people come back from a hot country and they've been on a beach holiday and, and, and they come back bronzed or brown or darker than they normally are and you know that they've been basking in the sun. It's the reflected glory of the physical sun. Well, this is what Moses had. But the interesting thing is, is that Paul says that this glory, as great as it was, is nothing compared to the glory of Jesus himself. And that what we carry in our lives is so much more light, so much more glory, far surpassing that of the old covenant. In fact, you and I, we are ministers, ministers of the new covenant. Let our light shine. Now, this is important because I want to explain to you that when we're told to shine like light, this is talking about God's glory in us coming out of us. That's what it's talking about. And what is the glory of God? You know, it's a theological word, glory. And we talk about glory. Say, so that was a glorious meeting. Or maybe we had a powerful encounter with God, and we said, oh, the glory w w was on that meeting. But what does glory mean? Well, glory has two basic aspects. Two basic aspects. Uh, the first one is reputation. And the second one is radiance. When you speak about God's glory, we're talking about his reputation and his radiance. What is God's reputation? It's everything that he is. Everything that he is demonstrated by everything that he does. Do you remember when God revealed himself to Moses? Uh, what name did he give to Moses? I am Yahweh, which is I am, that is who I am. Or, if you translate it a, a little bit better than that, it is, I am whatever you need me to be in any given situation. Not, not anything you want me to be, but anything you need me to be. Isn't it amazing that God would define himself in our lives and our genuine needs? I will be whatever you need me to be today. 
I will be whatever you need me to be tomorrow. Not what you want me to be necessarily, but what you need me to be. And the Bible is full of testimonies of, of God and what he's done and how he thinks and how he acts. That's his reputation. Sometimes we, we talk about great people that are in politics or media or the arts, uh, and, we, and we talk about their reputation. Their reputation precedes them. In big debates in parliaments, uh, you get the young politicians talking and arguing this way and that. But after a while, they say, oh, here comes the heavy guns. Now, these are the statesmen. These are those that have made their mark. They have a reputation for speaking. They have a reputation in the political world. And when they take the stand, before they have even spoken, everybody's hushed. Why? Because their reputation has preceded them. We're here to talk about the reputation of God. When we share with one another in our cell groups about what God has done in our lives, what are we doing? We're giving him glory. We're talking about his reputation. The devil hates God's reputation, doesn't he? And is always trying to slander it. Always trying to, to put a cover over the greatness of God. Trying to hem in God's goodness and God's love for the whole world. Trying to stop his reputation. Why? Because the devil hates God's glory. And his glory is his reputation. Now this is important because this is going to apply to us in a few moments' time. So, reputation. But also, the second aspect of glory is radiance. We saw that picture of Moses when he came down from the mountain and his face radiated. He was a radiator. And people could feel the light and they could feel the warmth emanating from his person. There was the presence of God all over him. You think of Jesus Sometimes he veiled his radiance in order to, to work, work on the earth for his father. But there was times when he revealed his radiance. Remember the Mount of Transfiguration? Took three of his disciples with him. He got there and it said that he shone. His radiance, it was his glory radiating out of him. His glory we see in the Old Testament and the New Testament, often when God reveals himself, there's great light, there's great shining, there's great presence, whether it comes by a fire like a pillar of night, or clouds, brilliant clouds during the daytime. There's this radiance. Glory is reputation, and glory is radiance. And when Paul said to us in Philippians, children of God, without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, he's asking us to carry God's glory wherever we are, to whomever we speak, and, and to, to shine the light of the gospel. In the 2 Corinthians passage that speaks about, in chapter 4 we read it, his light is shine out of darkness has shone in our hearts. In verse 7, having spoken about this light shining in our hearts, it says we have this treasure in jars of clay. What does that mean? Well, this is a reference to the town of Corinth itself because the town of Corinth was known for its cheap clay lamps. It, it, it was almost like mass reproduction, these cheap clay lamps lamps 
you'd take these clay lamps, these pots, you'd put the oil in the wick, you'd light them, and you would carry the light around in the darkness. Of course, there wasn't any electricity. And these cheap, very good. If you broke one, you didn't try and fix it with superglow. It wasn't worth it. You just pushed it aside and got another one. It was like the plastic of our, of our today. And isn't this interesting that Paul is saying that God has shone his light into our hearts, but we are treasures in jars of clay. We are clay lamps. How many clay lamps have we got here today? You might say, do you know what? I feel quite brittle. I, 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 feel, I feel it's difficult to, to shine in my environment. In fact, often I find the darkness overwhelming. I, I, I want to put my light under a bucket. I, I, I want to just come back to church. I just want to stay in my cell group. I just want to get out of work. I, I, just, I just want to get through the week. <laughs> and that's just what I want to do, let alone shine. And you say, I don't feel confident, I don't feel strong, I don't feel like I'm a mighty man or woman. Well, then you qualify. If you feel like a cheap clay lamp that could get broken very easily, welcome to the club. This is Paul's club. You are ready to shine your light. So when we talk about glory being reputation or radiance, what does that mean for you? Do you know wherever you are, Right now in life, wherever you live, whether you like the place or not, wherever you work, whether you enjoy the people that work with you or not, wherever you study, wherever you are right now, whether you're going to stay there or not, right where you are is right where God wants you for today. Now, they may change tomorrow or the next day, but right where you are, whether you like it or not, you are there, and God wants you to shine. Shine through reputation and shine through radiance. Reputation first. We spoke a little bit about God. Let me ask you a question. If I was going to go to your workplace, or if I was going to speak to, to those that you live with in your house, or if I was to speak to your tutors or, or fellow students or neighbors, what would they say about you? Pause for effect. What is your reputation? Now, what can be concerning is sometimes people don't even know how other people view them. That's a very dark place to be, you know. When you're going around, you don't even know the effect that you're having on people, positively or negatively. What would people say? What would your boss say about you as a worker? What would your workers around you say about you? This is your reputation. We've spoke about the reputation of God. It's his glory. Now, he wants his reputation to shine through you. So living as a Christian right where you are in your neighborhood, living as a Christian with your unsaved family, living as a Christian in the cut and thrust of a London working place, you are there by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit to build a reputation. What's the reputation? Well, the reputation is that you will be seen eventually as blameless in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. When people at work cut corners, do you? How are you shining in your reputation? Now, the past is the past, but tomorrow is, a, is another day at work for many of us. Some of you may have come into work today. 
change the way you live. It's time to shine. You know, you say, well, what can this be? Are you, you telling me I have to go in with my, with my Bible and start saying, thus saith the Lord? No. You have to earn that right. You have to have them pulling it out of you. No. It could be just going in in the morning and smiling. It could be going in in the morning and saying, anybody like a cup of coffee before we start? We've still got 10 minutes. And then doing it the next day. It could be when the boss says, oh, I'm going to need some people to help on the late shift. And everybody else is like... <laughs> and you're thinking, oh, but... But you look and you know that your boss is needing help. And you say, well, I was busy, but I'll do it if it's a help. Already, you've increased your reputation. Already, you are creating a platform for that time. And it will come. It will come when you're going to share Jesus, not just in actions, but you're going to tell them about it. I remember when I came to Bible school, I graduated from IBIOL in 1990. It's a couple of years ago, isn't it? And during that year, during that year, in the morning I went to lectures, but in the afternoon I worked in the reject shop. It was called Opposite Holy Trinity Brompton. It's a, it's a lot nicer than it used to be now. Not Holy Trinity Brompton. Well, it was still... The reject shop is no longer a reject shop. And I used to work there. And to begin with, I thought, I'm at, what is the point being here? I should be at Bible school, and then I should be, like, practicing at Bible school. I didn't understand it for a while. But as I got used to it, I tried to do my best in the reject shop. I had opportunities after work to meet with people, and over a period of time, it didn't happen immediately, began to witness and share and do my job the best way that I could. And then when I left the reject shop that following summer, I actually was a bit depressed on the last day because I thought, well, I've had no, no real effective witness here at all, and nobody's got saved, and, you know, it's a bit of a waste of time. I don't know why I did it, never... And then on the last day, I didn't realize I wasn't expecting it, they threw a special leaving party for me. And during that time, the feedback that I got astonished me, especially from the manager, who had written me a card saying, you are a rock in a troubled shop. I had, I had no idea. Now, I had just tried to be a Christian in the midst of the reject shop. I didn't know how much just doing what I was asked to do and being a Christian in the workplace was actually making a difference. I didn't think anybody noticed I was any different from anybody else except I called myself a Christian. You do not know the effect that God can have through you. Reputation. You say, I don't want to be there. Do something until God releases you. You can make a difference. The people that, that people don't like, go and like them. The people that you know, I don't even need to tell you what to do because you know it. You know it, to shine in your workplace, your home place. To go the extra mile. Just read the Sermon on the Mount and let the Holy Spirit apply it through you. You can have a radically different week this week. A radically different week. It's time to shine. So you're building your reputation, which is really God's reputation through you. You're shining. You're building a, a reputation of faithfulness, kindness, love, peace. Patience, oh, sounds like the fruit of the Spirit. Build a reputation. So that's the reputation aspect of glory. And then finally, radiance, presence. Isn't it true that when there's somebody you like, you might speak to them on Facebook, 
you, you might even see them on uh, uh, one of those programs where you can go face-to-face -face like Skype. But there's nothing like being face-to-face -face in the presence of someone you know, isn't there? You know what I'm saying? I mean, to, be, to actually be there in their presence. People are seeking people's presence all the time. People, people love to be, to be in the presence of someone famous. Oh, do you know who I went? And they're taking selfies all the time to prove that they're in that presence. Well, God's presence is a wonderful thing to be in, especially when it manifests. But how about your presence? Do you know that as you pray and witness by lifestyle and words where appropriate, that not only will you build up a reputation that will be a place where you'll be able to talk about the God that has caused you to become who you are, but people will just want to be around you. Do you know people that you just like to be around? I mean, they turn up and you're just happy to see them. And you're sad when they go. They want to spend time with you, you're delighted. There's other people we know where you don't even want to... They turn up and we want to... Oh, sorry, I, I was just leaving as you were arriving. You see, radiance. God will give you radiance. God will anoint you. God will cause you to become spiritually attractive to people around you. God wants you to carry his glory in your earthen jar. Let's just bow our heads in prayer and reflection. What does this mean for you? What does this mean for you tomorrow? What does this mean for your family situation, your workplace? There's people here, you've got a bad family situation. It's just bad in your family. Change. God will show you how. Change. You be, you be the change. Change. God is speaking to you. God wants a lifestyle change. But maybe there's some here today. You know, I spoke about letting your light shine. But you've got to have some light in the first place. I mentioned that the God of this world has darkened and blinded the minds of those that don't believe. The only light that is worth shining is God's light, the light of Jesus. We don't have anything in ourselves. We're the earthen jar. But what we have from God, let's let that out to shine. Well, if you're here in this place, do you even know God? Have you even... Let me tell you something. Don't die in darkness. Because if you die in darkness, darkness is all that you will ever no, don't die in your sins. The whole point that Jesus came was so that we could die in grace. Christianity is really all about what happens when you die. What will happen to you when you die? And surely each one of you will die. Maybe sooner than you think. I hope not. When you die, how will you stand before the Father? In light or will you be expelled in darkness? For God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever believes in him might not perish in darkness but have eternal life and eternal light. You say, what must I do to be saved? Believe. There's nothing that you can do to make it to heaven. Jesus did everything for you by dying in your place. 
He took your darkness of sin on the cross so he could bring the light of acceptance of his Father into your life. All you have to do is truly believe in your heart that Jesus died for your sin, rose again, and you will be saved. Eternal salvation is a prayer away. Don't leave today in darkness. But let God ignite an eternal flame in your heart that will not only enlighten your life, but as you grow in faith and discipleship, it will shine into other people's lives. If you're ready to take that step and to say, I want to go out knowing that Jesus is the light of my life and I want to know my sins are forgiven, I'm going to pray for you and you're going to go out forgiven. If that's you with every head bowed, I just ask if you will lift your hand to me and also as a public, public single, signal to God that, yes, Lord, I want, to, I want to be right with the Father. I want your light in my life to shine away the darkness. Lift your hand right now and I'll pray for you. Hands over to the right. Anybody else? In the central part, the back hand to the left. No, just lift your hand if you're ready for it. Jesus was lifted up for you. We say lift your hand as a public declaration. Jesus was lifted up naked and ashamed on the cross so that you could be saved. It's not much to say yes to the Lord. And some of you already have. Is there anybody else? You want to know that when you leave today, you're right with God. And you're going to become a light carrier. Just lift your hand right now. And final, I'm gonna, this is the last time I'll ask. Amen. Now for you that are here today, God is speaking to you. Put into my heart, it's time to shine. Whatever you have, let it shine. Whatever gifts God has given to you, let him shine through them. If it's gifts in business, let him shine. If you have musical gifts or singing gifts, don't just use your music or your singing as if you're in the world, but let him shine. Bring, bring his reputation, bring his presence, bring his radiance out of your music and your singing. If you're a nurse here today or you work in a hospital, when you walk down those corridors, shine. Shine in the things that you say. Shine when you touch the, nation, the, the, the patient's hand. A radiance will soon flow in you and through you that people will be saying, where's that nurse? Where's that hospital steward? Where's that canteen worker? Those of you in education, those of you in transport, those of you that are parents here, those of you that are children, shine, shine, shine. Let your words shine goodness, love. Let your actions shine. Shine till it hurts. Shine through sacrifice. Go the extra mile and shine. Give and shine. Just let that light shine. Be a giving person. Give of that light. Give of that light. Give of that light. Give of that light. Love people. Cherish people. 
Be kind to people, generous to people, forgiving to people, intercede for people, not just in prayer, but where they need you to step in and stand by them and watch over them. Pastor the lost sheep. It's time to shine. There's people that, I'm going to ask for one more response. There's people here today, and you think, I mean, I hope you've all learned something, but you're thinking, do you know what? I've never seen it like that. I've been complaining. I've been down. I've been thinking, what is the point? I'm having no effect. This seems useless. Just another week and another week. And you thought, I've never seen it like that. I want to pray for you, especially right now. I want you to stand. We could all stand in one way of response, but you just said, I've never seen it like that. And I've been down about what's happening, but now I feel that I can look at my life differently. Just stand where you are. I won't ask you to come forward, but just stand where you are. I believe for a special touch of God on your life. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be, like Paul said, the opposite. The opposite to shining was complaining. The opposite to shining was arguing. The opposite to shining was negativity. Anybody else want to stand? I'm going to pray. Just stand. Lord, we pray for all of ourselves, but especially for those that are standing today. It's time to shine. Lord, they're going to go back into their places of work, into their accommodation, wherever the people are in their lives. And they're going to shine, and they're going to build a reputation of Jesus, and they're going to radiate who you are. And people are going to be touched by their lives this week in a way that they wouldn't have been touched last week. But Father, we pray for a spirit of salvation to flow through us. A spirit of salvation in this summer of missions, Lord, to touch people around us. Give us opportunities to share you, not just in action, but in words. Give us opportunities to share the gospel. Use us, Lord, to shine through. Let your light shine. In Jesus' name.